Darkcast Network. Out of the shadows comes the best of indie podcasts. Welcome to the J Squared Horror Podcast, where two lifelong horror fans talk all things horror. Pour yourself your favorite drink and hang out. Here are your hosts, Josh and Jake. Hey guys, welcome to the J Squared Horror Podcast. My name is Josh. And I'm Jake. And on today's exciting New Year episode, what are we going to be discussing, Jake? We are starting off 2024 with 2000s American Psycho, Ooh. directed by Mary Heron. We also have a special guest here today, Hanson Rill's very own horror author, C.I.I. Jones. Woo! Give it up for C.I.I. Jones, ladies and gentlemen. We're excited to have him on the show. Mr. Jones, thank you for coming on the podcast again, Welcome buddy. Back. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But before we get into this exciting episode about American Psycho with Mr. C.I.I. Jones, what would we like to let anyone new to the podcast know? As always, like and subscribe on YouTube. Pretty, 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 please. Also find us on Spotify. We're on there. As well as Apple. We are. And as of this moment in this year. Still Google. As far as we know, we're still on Google Podcasts. Also Instagram, J Square Horror Podcast, link tree in the bio, new episodes. Every Thursday. Every Thursday, two lifelong horror fans decide to get together and talk all things horror. We humbly consider ourselves the most original horror podcast out there because we are not information-based. We are communication-based. Like this episode is going to show you, we like to include our fans, even though they are local horror authors, in the conversation of all things horror. So if that excites you at all, stick along and check out this episode because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, what I'd like to mention in, in with that is we are available for request at www.jsquaredhorrorpodcast.com. If you go to our website, you can request to be on the episode Live and in person, as you see here with Mr. Jones himself, or you can just request an episode idea. So if there's a movie that you've always wanted to hear us argue about or talk about, please go to the website and let us know so we can cover it in the new year. We would like to include as many fans as possible so that we can be true to our most original horror podcasting platform. What I'd also like to mention is we are a part of the Darkcast Network. They have been amazing for us in growing our podcasting platform through their podcast network of all things dark, strange, and unusual. So if you like other podcasts, go check out the Darkcast Network, and they have a plethora of podcasts for you to check out. Now, Mr. Jones, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. Of course. Well, that's what we're here for. Back. Thank you for coming back. Um, <coughs> how is the, uh, how's the authoring going? Uh, it's going. Uh got a pretty quiet year for 2024 lined up. I got a couple of conventions that I'll be selling books at, but not a lot of releases slated so far. Um, my biggest release won't be really till the end of the year. So just kind of chilling right now, writing a lot, but not publishing a ton. But you just had a Christmas release, right? I did. Okay. Uh, it was called If God Said Oi. Uh, it was a... Uh, Essentially, think of like Dawn of the Dead happening during a Black Friday sale. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So make sure to go check out his website, which is? CIIJones.com. 
Go check out ciijones.com. You can get a plethora of books through that uh, website. I have a bunch of them. I haven't gotten the Christmas one yet. I kind of forgot it because I've been busy this Christmas season. I'll snag that one, but I have all of his other books. They're all great reads. If you like reading, if you like supporting local people, please, please, please go check out ciijones.com. Now, heading into this episode about American Psycho, how does the room feel about this 2000s horror classic? You can start. Go ahead. <laughs> Go right ahead. Um, well, it's weirdly, you know, you know, you have like uh, movies that you watch probably like once a year or like every other year. Yeah. It's probably like the darkest one of those for me. The I, darkest. I probably watch that movie about once a year. Um, the itch just gets there and I'm like, oh, I need to watch Patrick Bateman lose his mind and start killing people. Yeah, and, that's and it's wildly yeah. entertaining. It's <laughs> literally what he does throughout this entire film. <laughs> yeah, Jake, how do you feel about it, bud? I like it. I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I've seen it a handful of times. Yeah, I was gonna ask, have you seen it a bunch or maybe three or four times? Maybe. Okay. But every time I've seen it, I've always enjoyed it. So even watching it now, having the podcast, I don't like pick out different things or like see it differently or anything. Yeah, I still enjoy it the same way. Yeah, I feel like this movie is one of those ones that are kind of like some people definitely feel like there's like crazy deeper meanings in it, which maybe a horror author might be able to pick up on better than two podcasters. Probably. But uh, I just watched it tonight and I just like it for what it is. I don't have to dive into this movie super deeply about some like societal fucking hierarchy differences and shit like that where it's yeah. just like yeah. uh, i just like it because it's crazy I, yeah i think that's one of the really great things about it is like you can enjoy it on that level and they, i it is like there's a lot of subtext and a lot that you can read into uh in the movie uh, the yeah that it's adapted from as well uh, i mean there's there's a lot to read into it but on its Base both the book and the movie are just very entertaining to read or watch. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it works on both of those levels. <coughs> um, so do you feel that? So you've read the book how many times? Oh, I've only read it once. Okay, uh, but it was uh, probably just about a year ago that I that I read it. Okay, first time. Okay. Um, so do you feel like? Uh, Christian Bale and everybody in this movie do a good job of portraying this and this and for what you got the book versus the movie or do you feel like it could have been different or it's better in the movie versus the book um, so I'll start off with Christian Bale he's he's perfectly casted in the, okay in okay this perfect movie. Like, okay it I when I was reading the book which I had already seen the movie by the yeah. time I read the book uh, I, I couldn't not think of Christian Bale. Uh, he just matches the character perfectly. Um, and that's because Christian Bale is kind of a psycho when it comes to acting. Jesus he's Christ, yes, he is. Method. He's a lunatic, uh, but very, very talented uh, and just absolutely nails that that role. Um, as far as, like, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a book nerd, so I always am going to end up giving the edge to the book. Uh, the book's definitely better than the movie. Okay. Um, 
but it, there's not a lot of disparity between the two. I, I love both of them. They they both hit similar themes. Uh, I don't think that the movie leaves a lot out. The okay. book is definitely gets a bit more brutal than the movie. Yeah. Um, especially <laughs> in its uh, depictions of violence, essay, I, I know we don't talk about that on this pod, but, hey. uh, <laughs> but it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it gets rough. It, it's, uh, definitely some harrowing stuff. Uh, but, uh, the movie does a decent job within the limits of what you can show in an R rated movie. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, uh, anytime, anytime you're comparing something versus a book, you can get away with a lot more in a book because it's not visual. You're using your brain to create the imagery that is being depicted in words. Yeah. 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 It is a prime example of that. <laughs> I've heard numerous times that like the shit that happens in the book of it yeah. is like fucking bonkers. Yeah. yeah. Versus the movie. The, and there's like hints at it. The conclusion of it, like the book is something that you could never in a million years put on film without going to prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we need a book expert, if you will, to help us decipher that if you want a even crazier version of American Psycho, go get the fucking book and read it because it's going to be insane. Absolutely. And what we get in the Hollywood version is pretty fucked up to begin with, yeah. which is cool and exciting. Um, Jake, how do you feel, man? You know, we're big on actors actresses portraying of things in, in different movies and this is probably one of the biggest mainstream actors we have in in a horror film from fucking 23 years ago 24 years ago how do you feel that everybody does in this movie do you feel like anybody could have done it better do you feel like this was the perfect casting how do you feel man i loved it yeah yeah i know we found out that at first, they wanted Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. to play oh, Patrick Bateman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just thinking about that, yeah. at that time frame. 2000, now, yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah. that's not just too far like from Titanic. Jack a couple years earlier in Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, like in his fucking prime. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. it wouldn't have been the same to me. <laughs> no, dude, not at all. And like as good of an actor as Leonardo DiCaprio is, I just don't feel like he has this depth. I love Pat, not Patrick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love Patrick Bateman. I Christian agree Bale. with him hundred <laughs> percent. Just his, just the look of his face yes. and the vein in his forehead. He was yeah. perfect for this. Yeah, he, he can turn it on and off so easily. Yeah, and it it shows very well. I feel like I feel like it too because uh, I had a lot going on this weekend. So usually I watch the movie for the episode the night before. Yeah, and unfortunately because of. Uh, plans and my my cousin's birthday and like I didn't get home till 9 30 10 o'clock and I had to work this morning I was like you know what fuck it I'll bust ass at work today I'll watch it when I get home and Jake came over during me watching it which is fine like we didn't talk about it too much but the there was a couple moments where I just kind of chimed in with him and I was like dude like he he just his face like his acting yeah. uh, of just like looking guilty constantly especially especially across from William Defoe and like looking so sweaty just so sweaty and yeah. so like stressed and like I think there's like some story about like shooting this 
like multiple different ways where it's like William Defoe will shoot it an entire like process through being that thinking he's guilty or thinking he's completely innocent. And then they just cropped it in yeah. differently. So it's three different ways. Oh, three different ways. One is thinking he didn't do it. Okay. One is thinking he did, but he can't prove it. Yeah. And the last one is knowing he did it and knowing he can prove it. And the way they pulled this off in this movie is just iconic. Yeah. Because when that first interaction with them, when they're in his office, yeah. you can tell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because from a viewer standpoint, you can't read Willem Dafoe's face. No. Because it's all the different takes. Yeah. You know? He's like smiling super big. But like, is it like smiling because he's like cool with him? Yeah. Or smiling because he's like, I got you, bitch. So when it starts like he doesn't obviously know anything. Then he kind of <laughs> think he definitely knows. Yeah. He might know. Yeah. Then it ends with, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy, man. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. And does that, all right, Caleb, you've read the book. Yeah. How does that scene, because me and Jake talked about this when we watched the movie together, that is one of the best scenes in cinema. Like, just as far as actor v. actor go. Like does the that, interrogation yeah, scene. Yeah, the interrogation scene, especially in the office for the first time. Is that very well depicted in the book, so, or did the movie take that it, and go? The movie kind of... That's one of the ways that the movie kind of actually, specifically Willem Dafoe, Dafoe's performance kind of improves on that part of the book, I think. Okay. Between the movie. Uh, I mean, he kind of, that character is not as well developed in the book, the detective. And Willem Dafoe kind of takes it and makes it his own thing in a nice. way that that actor only that actor only yeah only he's, william defoe could yeah, do he's he's incredible he is one of the greatest actors ever and it's crazy that he is then such a small role in this movie but makes such a significant difference in this because it adds this whole fucking questioning of what is this movie oh i, I think that his role is the whole hinge of tension in the entire movie without yeah, him yeah. like it would just be Patrick Bateman running around murdering people yeah, and yeah. losing his mind. Like, that's the driving force behind, you know, him ultimately just absolutely losing it. And, you know, the whole montage where he's <laughs> running around the, the city trying to, you know, feed cats into ATMs. And it asked him to. It asked him to, though. It said, feed me a stray cat. And I'm like, well, shit, all right, I need my money. That, that actually does happen in the book. That it's, happens in the book? It's as funny. <laughs> yeah, there's like scenes in the book where he like where he's just like it it it's narrated the same as the as the movie it's like a first person narration from his point of view yeah and he'll just be like talking about like you know his fancy suit that he's getting dry cleaned or whatever and then he'll just be like and then i saw like a flock of birds like landing and Central Park, and I just had to scream and run after them. Like it, it's <laughs> it, it actually makes his character sound way crazier than he already does in the movie. That it, it's it's just a, a really fun but very dark read. Yeah, I, I feel like I have to <laughs> keep saying that to just be like, I'm not making light of how insane this, <laughs> this is or how he, disgusting. Basically, it is, what what C.I.I. Jones is saying is that you should read it to your kids for bedtime stories. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> every night, every night, every night, a chapter a night. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually interesting to think of Leo being considered for that role, which I I had no idea that yeah. that was something that happened. Yeah, but she kind of like essentially played the non-psychotic version of that 
in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, he was only one side of it. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually like thinking about it now, like I've never really thought about that, but that would be like a great like double billing to show American Psycho and then Wolf of Wall Street right after that because it, I mean, <laughs> the the themes of of American Psycho are kind of essentially saying like this is what I, I won't get too political here, but this is what <laughs> capitalism unchecked looks like yes yeah like to the yes. point where yeah. like <laughs> like everything is a commodity here including humans and if you take out ones that people don't really care about like the homeless or prostitutes then uh it you can just get away fucking with it matter because they're just they're just property like everything else they're scum yeah. of the earth yeah and as long as you're bringing in and fitting the status quo we don't give a shit what you do. The scene yeah. in the movie, it happens in the book too, but the scene with the homeless guy where he's act like acting like he's going to help him out. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, you just, you smell like shit. And then ends up murdering him. It's just like one of the most, dis- like I, every time I watch it, it's like, I need to pause this and go take a shower. This yeah. Is <laughs> gross. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a very de- despicable movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's a piece of shit person. Yeah. He's a great person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, sorry. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. Sorry. 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 Let me do Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me go ahead and ask this now because uh, it's something that intrigues me as a just uh, just as a human being, really. I mean, Jake kind of jokingly mentioned this earlier, but let's go ahead and forget our conversation about this earlier. Um, Caleb, if you were a single multimillionaire. Uh, do you feel like I'm not saying you have to go kill people, but like there are certain aspects of like they say that like money brings out like the truest version of it. Do you uh-huh. feel like you have any of that kind of fucked up personality in you that if you knew you were untouchable, you would just fucking run with it? Or do you feel like you'd be like helping the community? Oh, I. I'm not. I'm not a crazy person. So you don't have to be crazy. You don't have to be crazy. Um, I would definitely be helping the community. I I I wouldn't be hurting people. That's for sure. I I don't have. It it would feel unnatural for me to like go out of my way to cause people pain, physically or emotionally. Um, honestly, like if you just like on and like retire like generational wealth yeah i'd just be sitting around writing all day like i'm a very boring person <laughs> sitting around writing all day yeah okay I'd just be trying to get books published still <laughs> and i would not be working no, nine no. to five you're Jake? a multi-millionaire jake let's just no let's try to get yeah books published. No, you know yeah, what let's yeah. just okay. let's Absolutely. just go let's go to you jake how do you feel you're simply wall street wall street with um Charlie Sheen. Yeah, Charlie Sheen. Yeah. So I always think of Michael Douglas's character. Yeah. What was it Gordon Gecko? Yeah. So Yes. And as crazy as you know, I sell cars. You do. So the thought of the phrase like greed, like being good. Yeah. I can in a certain aspect relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. To a certain aspect it is, you know. Yeah. We don't do anything for charity. We're not going to work every day just to do it. Yeah. Throat burp, my bad guess. Was that you? That was me. Okay. I thought it was me for a second. No, that was one was at me. <laughs> so I feel like I would be more like that 
Okay. Aspect, I don't think I would think about, I don't think I'd be as bad as Patrick Bateman. Okay. Are you just talking about the killing aspect? Or are you talking about just him as a person? So I'm just saying, let's let's just separate. I'm not talking about the killing aspect. So just, just him. seeing how he interacts with people who were, I guess, <laughs> like a lower class than him, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. That, yeah, I, that yeah. I wouldn't fuck with. No, I, yeah, I, com- <laughs> I completely agree with that. Now, if there's like some buddy I work with. Yeah. Who I can take out. Yeah. Then I find out about it. Yeah. Help me advance. Hey. I'd probably do it. Exactly. Yeah. You know. I'm not killing homeless people. Uh, yeah. Or I'm not yelling just... at the people at the laundromat or anything. <laughs> but they couldn't get the cranberry out of his fucking sheets. Well, if it was real cranberry, maybe they could have. <laughs> we don't know that for sure. It looked very oh, yeah, blood-esque, yeah, okay, yeah. but, you know. That's just blood. It plays into the whole theory of this movie. So you're saying, that, like, business is business. Like, yeah. yeah. You, you can you can leave the... You, you, you're able to be a little cutthroat. Yeah. In, in that environment. Yeah. Not in, like, a literal cut of somebody's throat. How I am... Because <laughs> how I am on the podcast, or you see me at the bar, and how I'm at work... Two different people. I want 100% different. Yeah, yeah. Me at work, I am very. This is how it is. Yeah, I'm very stern. I'm, yeah, I don't fuck around. Yeah, I'm totally different. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is like, so I worked a sales job yeah. prior to my current job, and I agree. Like, sales me is a whole different asshole. He is a piece of shit. I'll do whatever it takes to get the sale. I'll make up a family. I'll make up a school. <laughs> I'll make up a situation. I will make up problems in my life that Look, don't exist. It's sales. It's sales. Yeah. Wall Street is sales. At the end of the day, all those guys are just super shitty salesmen that got put into positions of power, right? So as much as like I feel like I can relate to like business side of Patrick Bateman. Oh boy. <laughs> you know? I just feel like sometimes it's it, it crosses my mind a time or two what it would be like to be of the upper echelon of human beings and to be able to get away with whatever the fuck I want to be able to get away with. Yeah, but I don't think you cheap like shit. I, don't I, don't think think I wouldn't do walk I don't up to a you. homeless black man yeah. and be like, you smell like shit, and kill him and fucking stomp out his dog. Well, even not even the killing yes. I don't think you would just say that to anybody. I wouldn't say that to anybody, yeah. but... Kind of like what you were saying. If you're my op, or if you're like in my way, hey, whoa. I kind of feel like, I, I mean, so I'm not like this at all. In, 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 in Let's like, go ahead and clarify. Like, like, I'm not like this at all in the workplace. I like, I, I'm very much kind of. I, I also I've never worked sales really. Sales I, is a brutal industry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm very laid back in my job, and I like have a very live and let live i've got like some very structured things that I have to, yeah. to do in my job that i get hard-nosed about but for the most part especially in terms of my coworkers, <laughs> like i'm just like hey we're we can help each other here no fuck you in <laughs> a sales environment or like a especially like a wall street environment yeah like i think that those people are all kind of signing up for that when they step into yes. that world yes. and it's just like i mean it I, I would not do well. I would not do well <laughs> in a Wall Street environment. I would immediately have my back stabbed a million times. Dude, I would, I, I'm I, thriving. I would be, crushing. I would I'm be, thriving. I would be done. No. But no. 
would I be willing to stab people in the back if I was working in that world? Yeah, because hey, they they, hey, they that's what they that's what they signed up for. Like, yeah, it is. Uh, it, you are, but it, it would be difficult for me, and that's why I would eventually like I would crash and burn. But the, in that the world. fucked up thing about sales is like, so let's just give it like a super PG version, right? Your buddy needs some help, right? And you're like, all right, I'll help you. But I'm taking half of your commission <laughs> in order to just talk to you on the phone to get you through it. That's how I was as a salesman. Yeah. Like, I worked different than car sales. I was in pest control. So if somebody's like, hey, Josh, I need help figuring out the pricing of this job. I'm like, that's cool. But I'm getting half of your money. If you sell this for $10,000, I'm getting $2,500. Or I'm getting $500. I'm not showing up to just help you. You're taking time out of my money to help you. And that's what sales is. So, like, if you're off work and somebody comes in looking for you yeah. and they're like, hey, I was looking for Jake, and then they call you, you're like, yo, split that shit. That yeah. was my, I put in 90% of this work, yeah. and I'm still giving you 50% commission on that. Fine. I'm not there. Take it. But also, it teaches that person a lesson. It does. Absolutely. This information I'm giving you. Yeah. That has a price to it. It does. Unless you want to keep splitting it, you better fucking catch up and know what's going on. Figure it out. You have to. Yeah. You have to be on top of your game. Now, this is like fucking minuscule in comparison to what these guys are doing in this movie. Yeah. You know, they're just 80s absolute pieces of trash that are (laughs) awesome at the same time because they look good. They fucking party hard. One thing I will say about Patrick Bateman. His music taste? His music taste. I'm all about fucking match, dude. His music taste is one of the best in all of movie cinema. The uh, the book, like, will just randomly have a chapter where it's like him just randomly going over. Like that, I mean, they do like the, uh, the full Huey Lewis. Yeah. Uh, fucking four is amazing. Monologue is in the book. Yeah. But he does that for like four different albums. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing because he does it for Whitney Houston. He does it for Huey Lewis in the News and some other one. Oh, Phil Collins. Yeah. He goes on the Phil Collins uh, debate. Right, yeah. So he has at least three in the movie. Doing the Whitney Houston one and his, uh, the lady that he's banging is just <laughs> laughing at him. Like, you listen to Whitney you Houston? Listen? <laughs> <laughs> you have a Whitney Houston CD? Yeah, bitch. Yeah. That's why you died because you were talking shit on my Whitney Houston. <laughs> and I can relate to that because sometimes I'll put on some vinyl and the motherfucker won't be vibing with it. And I'm like, hey, first of all, if I had the power, I'm going to strangle you. <laughs> Suddenly they're asking why the uh, why the times is all over the floor. Yeah, why are, why, why are the times all over like, the floor? I mean, I'm a big Huey Lewis and the, uh, the News fan. Dude, I so went I out of my way to part. buy that on vinyl because I love that album so much. Four? Yeah, I have it in, in the other room. I mean, it's uh, the sign-off for you guys' show. Yeah, it, yeah. We had Lucky Rigs create Although, the J squared version. I agree with him. squared sports is where they kind of became in their own kind of thing. But four is good too. Okay, okay, cool. We can get into that. Okay. We're all '90s babies. Let's talk about '80s music. Okay. That's cool. It's not my fault. <laughs> 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 I mean, it was a good point he made. Them. I think you know what. I'm happy that that's the one good point you found for Patrick yeah, Bateman, you, and you weren't agreeing with a bunch of other stuff. I'm just saying that's it's, it's good album. Is that his is. best point made in this movie? That sports is where they came yeah. in their own, 100%. Okay. You got I Want New Drugs on that album. Um, here we ba- go. Bad is Bad is on that album. Patrick Bateman Jr. over here. That's a good album. 
Me and Caleb might be in trouble. (laughs) He's doing the Patrick Bateman right now. That's a good album, is all I'm saying. Although, (laughs) yeah, I think it was 83 for sports, and a couple years later, (coughs) 4 comes out. Good album, too. Where's your rain jacket at? But, yeah. Are you just going to walk off and dance back on the camera with an axe and a rain jacket? It's a good album, that's all I'm saying. It is. I know, it is. Agree. It is. It's just funny that that's, this is literally Patrick That's the Bateman one right thing now. that stuck to me. Yeah. yeah. That he's 100% right on that. Yeah. All right, I'll give you that. Okay. Um, all right, so... Let's just let's just uh, let's let's see how everybody feels about this. Um, Part of rock and roll is on the album. It's on sports. That's good too. He's okay. still talking. Uh, I'm sorry. Huey Lewis in the news. I almost <laughs> saw him in concert one time. What happened? Did Patrick take no, your tickets? He canceled the concert. Patrick? I think he was going through the whole hearing thing. He has going oh, on yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. He can't perform anymore. I was like, son it's of a bitch. Sad. That is actually very sad because he is. is he is he's he's uh, very good. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no. Let's just. This is now the Huey Lewis in the news episode. Um, I'm happy it didn't turn into the other episode. I mean, since we're talking about it, so he did that little skit with Weird Al, where <laughs> where he where he reenacts that scene. With yeah. Him. Oh, it's hilarious. Hilarious too. Ice Nine Kills does their version. We're talking about Huey Lewis right now. No, because then you Ice went Nine on with Kills. Weird Al, bitch. Which included Huey, so, Huey Lewis. But that's fine. Huey Lewis in the news obviously had to approve of this here song because they use a lot of his music. Ice Nine Kills does a great job with the whole scene remake in their song is all I'm saying. That's cool. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. I'm just Fuck saying, you, dude. I'm just saying you can't cool. sit here and talk about music for three and a half minutes and then the one time I chime in about something relatable for me hear about it. Yeah, don't yeah. you're like shut the fuck up dude. That's, not, that's not how this works bro it's Huey Lewis or nothing it's no fuck you it is Huey Lewis in the news man you know what Young Gravy does a song with fucking Huey Lewis in the news I'm sure so fuck you first of all alright so next topic you're talking about no fuck you man you good? know the Ice Nine Kill song is cool I'm not saying it wasn't Weren't we going to move on to Whitney Houston? No, I fuck mean, Whitney Houston. We can. No, fuck Whitney. <laughs> I can't believe you have a Whitney Houston CD right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fuck you, Jake. <laughs> Won't let I'm, me put in my two cents. Every time I'm on here, I just turn you guys against me. <laughs> yeah, you do, man. Uh, it happens all the time. It's just more uh, apparent Pronounce. when there's a third person <laughs> yeah. here between us. Because you just sit there like, oh, oh. When your brother was in here, you guys just ended up having to talk about eating each other's ass because you're talking about human centipede well we can't talk it's about impo- eating your a- ass right now because we're not talking about it's human a- centipede i mean sure yeah yeah no ass eating on this here episode everybody <laughs> all right fuck you both oh i think i think in oh, the movie, here he goes don't, don't look at it no in the movie don't, he talks about booty eating yeah don't, yep. don't just look at it there you go don't just look at <laughs> it's it the best eat line. it it's the best line in the entire movie it's a solid line in the movie i will agree he says don't look at it eat it, don't just look at it, eat it. all right i can't wait for my mom to listen to this episode yeah this went pg-13 to r real quick <laughs> All right, so the one thing, fuck you both. All right, y'all both did this. Okay, okay, let's get back. This on. I'm trying to host this fucking episode, and you guys are taking me on all sorts of paths. Host. All right, let me host real quick. Let me do my job. Let me wrangle these boys in. Um, all right, I want to get this out of the way now because it's early enough in the episode where I feel like we can get away with it, and enough people will hear it. Mm. Caleb, let's start with you, then we'll go to Jake. Is this all? A figment of his imagination, or did this all really happen? 
I got in it. The last time I watched the movie was right after I had finished <coughs> reading the book. Yeah. I wanted to go back and watch it. I got into a huge argument with a friend. I, I think that it is all, all in his imagination. And the friend that I was talking to was just like, no, no, it's just the last little rampage that he, that he goes through that, that's in his imagination. He did all of the other killing. And it's like, but the main person that they're concerned about him, that he's concerned about killing, uh, <coughs> is the is the Jared Leto character. Right? Paul. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, like, that turns out to be a complete fake. And that's, like, the one that he's so concerned is going to bust him and get him in trouble. You feel like that's a complete fake because the lawyer mentioned that he saw him twice in London. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that that... That that whole scene at the very end is is the indication that it's supposed to be fake, but I also think that it's it's written in a way and the movie is filmed in a way and structured in a way to be ambiguous to stir up conversations exactly yeah. like this. All right, Jake, where do you stand? I agree. I think it's all bullshit. It's all in his head. Okay, and I draw that from not only the ending, okay, but the fact that. No one knows his fucking name. No one knows who he is. Besides his close group of people he works with and yeah. his girlfriend. Yeah. They call him different names all the time. In in the book, the lawyer that he's talking to at yeah. the end doesn't know that it's him. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, in the movie, and, and, it's and, the same way. And in the movie, or in the book, he he's just like, oh, yeah, that had to have been a joke. Patrick Bateman's uh, like a huge pussy. He would that, never. He says it in shit. the movie. Oh, does yeah, he? he okay. says that exact line in the movie. When he's talking to Paul Allen, yeah. he's talking about how he's spineless and he's this and he's that. No one has no respect for this guy. Yeah. I'm saying the job he has could be real. Yeah, And the absolutely. friend group he has Obviously, the real. three or four friends he has is real. I feel like the drawings, yeah. we just see <coughs> the shit he drew like play out in his mind, I think. Yeah, okay. I don't think it's anything, you know. I think that the indication at the end is that, like, because he is going to continue an unchecked life where he can, I mean, he's a master of the universe, like, wealth-wise, wealth like, that eventually it's going to get to a snapping point where he is is not going to have control of it anymore, and he's going to eventually do those things, but up until that point, he has not done it. That's my, that's my interpretation. Yeah. I like that. I like that you guys both agree on your interpretations of this year <laughs> fine film and book. Um, but I I think you did it. Of course you do. Of course I do. And it's not just to be the the op- opposing person here. Um, I feel like the reason the lawyer says what he says is because he's trusted and knows that he'll get his client off with saying that he's seen him multiple times in London. It's not because he actually has. It's because he's that good of a wealthy white man's lawyer that he's going to clear his name regardless. And the only reason he's calling him a fake name is because he got that voicemail. He doesn't want to admit that he heard Patrick Bateman admitting to all this shit. So he's going to see him in person and be like, shut the fuck up. I've seen Paul outside of this place. You need to shut up and you need to go away because he's that good at protecting his clients. It's like the Kardashian with OJ Simpson. It's the same fucking concept where that good is be that guy is such a good fucking lawyer that he will convince everybody around 
that it is not exactly what it is because these are rich white men of wealth. So and that's the only reason he got away with it. He's going to face to face. Yes. In a room full of people. A room full of people deny that he is Patrick Bateman. Because everybody, the, his core group of friends knows he's Patrick Bateman. Yeah. That's the reality for me. The only reason the lawyer is like, you're so-and-so, is because that's the only way he's, if it comes up in court, it's done. I mean, he wouldn't have to do that because there are there are a plethora no of witnesses around. He is anyway. It's all a ploy. They all look the same. No, they of course, yeah, they all look the same because they are all of this wealthy, just yeah. rich. But I honestly feel like that's the point. That's the only reason why you think it's real. No, it's just that's it. It just shows that like these wealthy white men can get away with whatever the fuck they want because they have the money to do so. And that lawyer's so good at his job. He is deny, 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 make up, make up, make up because it's believable and he's trusted. Josh, you need to, <coughs> as soon as we stop recording, you need to go get on Reddit, post this theory out <laughs> because, like, I think it's actually a great theory. I don't agree with it. Thank you. But I don't think that I've ever come across that interpretation to the end of American Psycho, and I think it's actually kind of genius. Yes! I, again, I, yes! I, don't, I don't think that's what's... What, Shut up! <laughs> I don't think that's what they're going for, but I think it's very interesting. It just, well, there was like a, a miniature clip that I saw where like this fucking bougie-ass fucking YouTuber was like talking about like societal fucking differences in the American Psycho. I don't, I don't need all that shit. But I feel like if you look at Patrick Bateman and why he's doing what he does, it's because he's a fucked up rich white man. Do you think oh, he, yeah. he killed all the people or just Paul Allen? All of them. So because it, the scene where the lady is in the house, she looks like she knew some shit happened in that apartment. She don't care because that's an upper apartment with a view of Central Park that she needs to fucking pawn off on sell. somebody else. That scene right there before the lawyer scene even happens. It's prior. It's like she's looking at him like. Get the fuck out of here. Because she knows some crazy shit happened in that apartment. That's why the main paint and stuff were where? All the places he had killed. Everything that looked construction-wise was in all the places where shit was the worst. That closet where bodies were hung had crazy tarps and crazy amounts of paint. That's where those bodies were hung. There would have been crazy blood and crazy shit that needed to happen. If nothing had happened in that apartment, why the fuck would they have needed to paint that much? It was a pristine apartment with a view of Central Park. Maybe they're just doing renovations. No, you're looking at it boringly. I'm looking at it openly. Okay, so let me ask you this. So the feed, <coughs> the feed me stray cats. I feel like some of the feed me stray cats and shooting of the random people, that might have been him just fully snapping. And so like, he, he did kill those people or no? Yeah, he killed the people, but the, the things that led up to why, he, like the cop shit, that might have been a little, yeah, little I mean, flex. He like shoots a cop car until it, it blows, blows up. That's a and he looks, he looks at the gun and he's like, "God damn!" Yeah. He could have hit the gas tank perfectly, and Dude. he's still like, "Whoa!" Come but on, I man. feel like, but why would you put all that detail into these small things where it's like, if you look at Paul Allen's apartment prior to Patrick Bateman being in there, it was pristine. Why the fuck would they needed that much paint, tape, and tarps to fix this place? Because there's blood and shit everywhere. They don't care because they need to turn and burn that fucking $5,000 a month apartment to these white folk that are in the living room right now. 
They need to keep that shit on the hush-hush because the lawyers already got it. That shit's covered. Patrick Bateman's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> That'll be fine. I feel like that's exactly what this is. It shows that these upper-class people can get away with whatever the... F- and it's not just Patrick Bateman. It's the realtor. It's the lawyer. It's everyone that's involved that get what they want from people that don't know any better. Okay. You can make very valid points. I can. And that's how I looked at this movie because I I, I heard that one little thing that one time from that one little bitch on YouTube. It's not a female. It's just, I'm just saying. (laughs) But it clicked in my head. So when I watched it this time, I was like, hold on. What's happening? I mean, mean, those are very, I also disagree. But there are very good points. You know, I feel like I talk to walls a lot of times. And I talk to myself (laughs) enough to get through life. But like, just... Come on, guys. Can one of you agree with me? Listen, I, no. I will agree with you to the extent <laughs> of saying it's a very good point. It is. Thank but you. I don't think that's what's happening. No. But it's, it's the beauty It's the beauty of the, the movie. And it's the beauty of the conversation. Yeah. 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 I, I think it, it's written intentionally so that... For these conversations. Yeah, so I, that you can yeah. say that. Yeah. Which means whoever filmed this, whoever directed this, and the author of this story did a phenomenal job because three horror-loving fans can sit here, two of which agree, and one of which is just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs like Patrick Bateman over here, just living their best lives. It's not that crazy. (laughs) I feel like... I just don't don't think with how a lot of people who (coughs) who are also higher up, how they perceive him, he's capable of these. I feel like it's in his mind, a reaction to how he's seen and how he's treated. Everyone thinks he's a pussy and has no backbone. But you know who doesn't? The detective. The detective has been questioning him since day one. But he also probably realizes, fuck, this guy's a rich white dude in Wall Street. I don't stand a chance. And he also... But I will try to make him as uncomfortable as possible to try to get him to confess, but he was never able to. So let me ask you this. (coughs) The last time they talk, he goes over... The, I guess that night. Yeah. The alibi, pretty much. Yeah. And where they were. Yeah. According to him, he tells him, you were with everyone else yeah. and not Paul Allen. Yeah. The guy who they said they saw Paul, Paul Allen with. Yeah. Is the guy he was calling his name. Yeah. So, people who knew Patrick Bateman. Yep. Said they were with him. But he wasn't there. He doesn't remember being there. He had mixed up his nights. His so-called friends say <laughs> he was there with them. Yeah. He wasn't there. Nope. It plays into my theory. They're all covering for him because he is a rich white man. Also, they're all coked out of their minds, so yeah. who knows what they, yeah. what they actually remember. But the thing is that, that that scene right there solidified the fact that William Defoe's character, the de- detective, didn't stand a chance at ever closing the case against him. He now has a solid alibi. Regardless of him knowing about it or not, it proves my theory that everybody else just wants this shit to go away so they can continue their lives of richness and just freedom. Until he starts it again in a week. Okay. They'll cover that shit up. They covered up 20 murders. According to they Bateman had, himself. He had fucking helicopters on him. Yeah, because he shot at some cops. He got so, away so with he it. he somehow left that building, yeah. the r- room he was in, went to his room, took a shower, everything's died down all of a sudden. Yeah. It's and in the upper west, it's in the upper, you know, 80s, whatever that shit means in New York. They only look for so long. 
That shit was in the Bronx. They're on there fucking 24 hours, seven days a week looking for the motherfuckers that did that. This is in the upper. This is in the high 80 streets, bro. I just And don't. it plays into when William Defoe reacts to the address that he gave him. He was like, oh, that shit is nice. He's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> There's like little bit of Easter eggs throughout this movie that play into my theory. The, the entire movie. So when he had his assistant <laughs> there and didn't kill her. Yeah. That's just the one person he just didn't want to kill for whatever reason. Well, he, you know, he needs them to be super into it. In my mind, this is the one person who is the most like tethered to his actual reality. <coughs> other than, oh shit, other than his friend group. As far as like killing them type oh, of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only person who in his mind, in his heart, did not want to hurt so she could just let go. Everyone yeah. else is prostitutes, people he doesn't like. Yeah. Randos. Yeah. One That's person all. who he knows and is connected to is perfectly fine. It shows his little bit of sanity that he has left. In his mind. Yeah. No, in reality, because he didn't kill her. She went to his house. That's a fact. And she lived. So, so well, he only kills the people he doesn't give a shit about. Well, he kills Paul. He didn't give a shit about Paul. Paul was his yeah, op. But Paul, Paul was the opposition. But Paul can still wink him. Like he has like a like a yeah, but that's pure. That, but that's pure rage at that point. As far that as, is pure rage. That's pure jealousy at that point. As far as people important to that business, I feel like Paul's higher than him. Yeah, but they realized that if what Patrick is saying is true, you don't want to get on that list of motherfuckers that he don't like. So they're like, yeah, no, no, he was with us. Hmm. It, it makes sense because like Paul Allen, all he did was be better. That's it. He never technically crossed Patrick Bateman ever. Wait, are you saying that they that his friends, his circle of friends, are not turning him in because they're, they're aware scared, of the situation? They're yeah. scared of getting murdered by yeah, him. They're aware of the situation. Well, that would be a great reason to turn him in, wouldn't it? Like, no, because I I like the idea better that that they are not turning him in because it'll derail their lives. Because well, that not, yeah, they'll be. Guilt, guilty by association. Yeah, because they also said that he was with yeah. them when he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. That could be the case. That's the one loophole that I fucked up on. But the rest of my theory is solid as fuck. I agree. Yeah. It's solid. You guys yeah. got me in the last little bit there. You got me in the ninth round, but I'm going to come out victorious <laughs> in the tenth. All right? I, I think it's a great theory. <laughs> it is a great theory. Yeah. It's, just, it's crazy to me, though, because, like, you can legitimately watch this. You know, I'm lower class. I'm not upper class. I am uh, in that Poe bracket. So I'll never get away with this shit. So I have to look at it from that perspective of, yeah, this is not my reality. <laughs> Something <laughs> funny that I think they only do it once in the in the movie, but they do it several times in the book where he they're like stuck in traffic and he thinks that the car next to them is it's a Donald Trump's car. <laughs> he says that when he's driving around. <laughs> but in the book, like <coughs> he is absolutely obsessed with Trump. And the book was released in like 1991, I think. Yeah. And like it's crazy that that's like a uh the book is a reaction to like Reaganomics and yeah, just yeah. kind of capitalism. He's also run, in the movie. Amok, and then and then uh, you know, what, 16 years or 26 years after it, it we haven't, obviously haven't learned our lessons and uh, <laughs> just put the object of Patrick Bateman's obsession literally 
at the helm of power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it continues. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. It shows that like there's a lot of differences between 24 years ago and now and perception and how, yeah, fuck the world can be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the nitty gritty right there. Definitely a high note here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great way to end the episode. <laughs> uh, do you guys have any more beer? <laughs> <laughs> Let's I'm, all drink I'm, one for the. I'm very sad now. <laughs> <laughs> the Batemans out there, you fucks. Um, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed this movie thoroughly. I do think it's cool that a two podcast hosts and all and an author could have uh, slightly differing opinions on the same content, which is super cool. Um, is there anything that we missed that you guys might want to mention about this here movie or book or anything like that before we get into our ratings of this? No, I think we covered a lot. Again, great theory. Thank I, you, I, that, that was very interesting. I've Thank never you. heard of anybody take that approach for it. Thank you. Thank you. I concur. You concur? <laughs> I do. You agree that yeah, I had some good theories? Yeah, I do. I think Thank he you. agrees with the theory. I do he not. does not. <laughs> he does not agree. Let's go ahead and clear the air now. Jake never agrees with me. Fuck that theory. So. All right. So <laughs> we'll start with our guest first and then go to Jake and then myself. On a scale from 1 to 10, Mr. C.I.I. Jones, what do you rate American Psycho from 2000? This makes me nervous. This is the first time I've rated First time you've rated a movie, on, yeah. On here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, like I said, I watch it like once a year. I've yeah. Got, I got to go like a solid eight on this. Eight. Solid eight. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Jake, on a scale from one to 10, brother, where do you rate American Psycho from 2000? On a scale from one to 10, I actually also would say an eight. I love nice. how you guys are just in full agreement over here, you two little cutie pies. <laughs> I don't know why I'm even a part of this podcast sometimes. <laughs> what about you? On a scale from one to ten, I four point eight of the J fuck you of the J squared horror podcast would rate this movie an eight two, just to be differing from you guys. I rate it slightly higher. Just than a you. little better. Just I mean, with that theory, if you believe that, I would it should be bump a, it up like a, a nine. Too. You know, yeah. 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 no, I bump, I bumped it up point two. Uh, Shut up, Jake. Right. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> full full point two. <laughs> you know what? Let's just fucking say it. I said an eight when I watched this when I finished. There the you go. All three of us are in agreement on a rating, ladies and Woo! gentlemen. Give it up for the rating part of the episode. It's super exciting that we got to agree on the rating, but not necessarily the outcome of this movie, which means you can enjoy it no matter how you're looking at this movie. And if you're a woman, you probably shouldn't watch this because you might not get much enjoyment out of it. <laughs> yeah it is Woo! it is definitely 80s new york city and it is uh it's an intriguing watch but yeah. if you want an 80s horror movie set in new york city now nah, shut up it dude. was got 1989 jason case <gasps> manhattan no that movie's trash and it belongs in the garbage pile i've never seen it good cool. because you, you shouldn't have to waste your check time it out on that movie um Jesus, Jake, you just had to. Any chance I get, yeah. I will. I mean, I love you for it, but I'll plug anytime I can. I'll hey, put it in there. You love what you love, you know. You mentioned the 80s and New York City. I'm going to mention it. You mentioned just New York in general. I'll mention it. <coughs> you mentioned Jason. I'll mention it. Is it the best movie that's ever taken place in the city of New York? 100% there is, yeah. Oh my God, he's so dumb. 
feel like that's like the most filmed city in all of in all of <laughs> this cinema. Literally, yeah, this is number one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when Harry and Mass Alley was filmed in New York, actually, and that movie's way actually better. okay. Number two, one is Ghostbusters. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay, I'm okay. With you know that. what? I'll take that. I'll we'll, take that over. We'll take Jason. that over. Jason takes all my right. hat all day. <laughs> well, Mr. Jones, is there anything else you want to let our fans know for your upcoming plans or um, author stuff? Uh, the next like event that I am doing is Scares the Care. That's not until March. Where's it at? We're still in Williamsburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Williamsburg. It's it's the author con, so it's not the yeah. That's all they do now. Yeah, yeah. They don't do the the celebs anymore. Um, but uh, if you read horror, uh, come check that out. It's a few months out, but literally, it's guys, huge. If you want to support an amazing cause, it it truly is what they do is they use the money that they make from these conventions and from different fundraising events to help children and families in need with the love of all things horror. They've been doing this for a long time. We've actually tried to partner with them. It's super tricky to get in there. Um, but if you can, buy tickets. Go check out AuthorCon. If you like horror authors, if you like anything spooky and crazy, they also have other vendors there. But you are supporting an amazing cause just by buying a ticket. And then you can support amazing authors and amazing independent creators that are doing things and also supporting this amazing cause. So if you can make sure to check out AuthorCon from scares that cares, you can see CIA Jones himself. We may go up there just as people. So you might be able to bump into us too. That'd be cool. That's not the important thing. The important thing is helping out families in need, helping out kids in need and also supporting content creators and authors that are still fighting the fight against all technology and putting out amazing books and different media for you guys to enjoy in the horror community. So please, 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 please buy tickets and go support that. CII Jones, we love having you on the show, man. It is super exciting that you brought in 2024 with the J squared horror podcast with American psycho, which is obviously a humongous horror movie in the horror realm. And uh, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you so fucking much. Uh, it's always a blast. Um, I like that you are a, able to bring in some of the book and then also a kind of, you know, fuck with my theory a little bit. That was cool. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I also, I was getting there, there motherfucker. We'll if you let me finish, obviously, obviously I got to treat our fucking guests with a little bit more love today, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure every week I thank you for being my co-host and only three times. If you thank me for being All right, the host thank of the you. I appreciate that. So, yeah. You're welcome. Jake. Thank you for slightly agreeing with my theory as well, so but being a slightly a, okay, for fine. being a bitch and not agreeing <laughs> with your host and your best fucking friend being that I used sound theory and thought to get through this. Unlike last week, I'll give you guys last week. I was about week. to say. You, last week was rough because I didn't even watch that movie for true. what it was. You didn't. I'll take that L. Good. And based on the you fact that it. his Facebook post was the thing that created me to want to cover this movie and he sat here humbly and didn't say shit yet, that's cool with me. I'm, get it? <laughs> give huh? it a 7-5. 7-5. That's that's. Exactly what it should be. Yeah. That should not be. You, two, you know what? You two <laughs> should just create the CJ fucking horror <laughs> podcast and leave me the fuck out of it. Because it's a four fucking eight all day. That movie was trash. The plot holes in that movie are as big as the Grand Canyon. Hey, guys. I just want to say a humongous shout out to our main supporters. Jeff Balance. He does our design work. If you are at all in need of graphic design work, as you see on our sign above our heads, any merchandise of J squared that we wear, any stickers that you guys get from us, that is all Jeff balance. Caleb knows 
what it's like working with Jeff Balance. If you guys need any graphic design needs, please, please, please hit us up. We will send you his contact information, and he'll usually work out a good price for you. <coughs> what I'd also like to mention is Lucky Riggs. He did our intro and our outro music. If you stick around for the outro music, it is super cool with this episode because it is a, his own rendition of the J Squared Horror Hip To Be Squared song. And it's a lot of fun. It's super exciting. It's super cool. A humongous shout out to Jake being the world's greatest co-host a guy could ask for. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, buddy. I love you. And I appreciate all your theories and your ratings. And you're great. Ditto. <laughs> Fucking ditto. Also, shout out to Huey Lewis and the News. Huey Lewis and the News, ladies and gentlemen, because he has some of the greatest music out there. Hey. This is our little rendition of it there you right go. here. Hey. That's a great song. I agree. That's a great song. Huey Lewis needed it better, but hey. Lucky Riggs is pretty yeah. fucking good. He is good. Made it rock and roll. We're thinking of you, Huey. We're thinking of you, Huey. And yeah, man. Ears. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. R.I.P. Ears. R.I.P. Ears. Maybe I'm you just trying my best to end this on a down <laughs> note. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's seriously oh, a joy to great. be here. I should not do that. No. <laughs> C.I.I. Jones, thank you so much. Guys, don't forget www.ciijones.com. You can go get any of his books. Don't forget www.jsquaredhorrorpodcast. If you want to be a part of the podcast or be on the podcast, you can go to our website and let us know. This is the J Squared Horror Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Jay. This is CIA Jones. You guys have a great week. And remember, it's hip to be squared. <laughs>